just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to court. You must say these words. Klaatu, Marada, Victor. Welcome back, fellow Smegheads, to another Red Dwarf special here on Sci-Fi Watcher. Episode number 122. I'm Corey Shrett, and joining me as always, my friend, Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going tonight? Hey, Corey. Good to be here, man. Yep. Another Thursday night. That means another Red Dwarf special is out for them to listen to. We're up to Series 5 already. Can you believe we're halfway done? Almost there. Yep. It's going by fast, too. Uh, boy, I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm really excited to uh, experience this with someone who's never seen the show before. I'm liking it so far. That's good. I hope you stick with it. I hope you don't go, wow, this really sucks now. <laughs> I can't watch anymore. It's just crap. It, ha- it hasn't happened yet. Well, the good thing is this, each series is only like six or eight episodes, so it's not like you have to sit through like 22 episodes and go, oh, are we there yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, Defiance. Look. Hello. Oh, my God. And that was only 13. Yeah. But before we talk about it, let's talk about sponsorships. Uh, SciFiWatcher.com slash sponsor if you want to purchase a spot on this show or any other show we do. For only $5, uh, just head on over there right now, sci-fiwatcher.com slash sponsor to purchase your spot today. Like I said, we're up to Series 5 this week. Uh, the titles of this series' episodes are Hollow Ship, The Inquisitor, Terror Form, Qu- Quarantine, Demons and Angels, and Back to Reality. Uh, this came out about a year later than Series 4, February 20th to March 26th, 1992. And... Um, it seems like every series, uh, Rimmer changes his outfit, and uh, he has a new H on his head. Mm-hmm. Besides that, it feels like the same as last series. You know, the sets seem the same. You know, uh, the actors are obviously are still the same. I still think Crichton looks different. Yeah, you got a link in the show notes here for this show, uh, talk showing us the evolution of his his costumes, his heads. Yeah. I mean, it says there that there were slight tweaks, but I don't know. For me, I, I thought he looked different. He looked like his his expression was more mean or, or more pissed looking. Yeah, maybe maybe he did it himself. I I don't know, but yeah. So um, of course we start off with the uh, episode Hollow Ship here. Uh, something comes on the ship and goes away, and we find out there's an actual hologram ship or a hollow ship. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, they grab they grab Rimmer and uh, they find out that the ship is full of superhumans, the cream of the crop of the mm-hmm. dead, basically. And uh, you where they have it's... twice daily sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Rimmer's like yippee, <laughs> you know. Um, and he wants to join the crew, but of course, the crew is already full. And to join the crew, you have to challenge one of the crew members that the computer will pick for you and do a series of, you know, high intelligence tests. Right. And we know Rimmer is not very intelligent. <laughs> no, he he's not. Um but, you know, so he he meets up with this woman, I don't remember what her name was in the show. Uh and uh believe it or not, he actually has sex. I think he's the first one to actually have sex since the show started. Oh, wow. Okay. I think so. I'm trying to think about it. I think he might be the first one to have sex. If you think about it, Kind of, kind of interesting. 
Is I her lo- name Nirvana Crane? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I, I love the fact that she describes the sex as like a Japanese meal. It's small portions, but so many courses. <laughs> yeah, so Rimmer agrees to, uh, you know, he wants to do this. He wants to be on this ship because it's like, oh, this is just great. I want sex and, and, and sex. And pretty much, I think that's the only reason he wants to be there. <laughs> you know, he wants to be an officer. They're going to make him officer. That's what he always wants to be. So he, he wants to be mind patched, which is uh, illegal, first of all, which I don't know how you consider something illegal considering there's no more humans left. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, patching another person's IQ or whatever yes. onto, onto his. Yeah. So they put two, two, uh, two very smart people on his. And of course, Crichton said, you know, even with the drag of yours, it won't go down too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what did you think of when uh, they walk in and Rimmer is uh, all nerdied up with the glasses and he's like blowing through his nose, making noise? I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> Complete nerd mm-hmm. version of Rimmer, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was interesting. Um, of course, it didn't last long. He's doing the test and, you know, it, it didn't take. Uh, I thought it was weird and I, I didn't understand this after watching, uh, oh, was it last last series episodes? Or is it coming up? I don't know. But they're, uh, you know, when Rimmer's going to take the test, they're actually turning on hol- other holograms to see which one they want to revive to bring in the crew. Yeah, yeah, that's this one. Yeah. And I thought it was, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're, you know, there was one girl, they're like, oh, yeah, so you're going to be, you know, here and and this is what you guys do. Is like, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, it was funny that it was weird that Rimmer did win the contest, but his opponent withdrew, and of course, it was that Crane woman. Mm-hmm. It was his 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 uh, challenger. He didn't know, so of course, she's deactivated. So he's like, "Well, I can't have her." It's like I don't I don't want to be here. I'd rather sacrifice you know my spot for her. We find out that Rimmer actually has a heart. Mm. Yeah. Um. You know, he I love I love the line because at the beginning they're watching this like mushy love movie and it's you know, they're pretty much all of them are like, This is kind of stupid. Yeah. But at, at the end there he he says to the captain, he's like, We won't be apart, we just won't be together. I can't believe I just said that. And then he has the che- <laughs> the cheesy love music going on and it says the end, you know, like a love story, and it's just like, Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because Rumor never had a love interest besides that uh what was it called? Pleasure uh, Gilf. Uh he, well, he, he never actually had her. Right. Well, he had a Von Magruder, you know, before for 12 minutes. And that included, oh, the, right. and that included the time it took to eat the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was interesting, you know, to see him actually interact with other holograms. You don't see holograms that often in the show. And if you do, it's just for a minute or two. Yeah, and the whole idea of a hologram ship was kind of cool. I mean, what was the purpose of that ship? That's that's the whole thing I didn't yeah. get. I, and yeah, how much power would it take to actually have that ship? You know, because if, if Red Dwarf can only power one hologram at a time, how much power would it take to actually keep that ship in existence? Right. And what is the purpose of them, you know, like having crew members and stuff? Why are they doing everything by the book? Right. I didn't understand that. You it's kind of strange. Yeah, it didn't make too much sense. But, but it was interesting to see Rimmer actually interact with little holograms. Now, this next one, the Inquisitor, I thought was an interesting idea. You know, the, you find out this Inquisitor is a droid that survives to the end of eternity. It's a self-repairing droid. It realizes there's, like, no God, no afterlife, and that basically you have to live life to the fullest when you're alive. Mm-hmm. And I love how he assesses people's, every person's soul throughout history and replaces the worthless people with someone who will actually make that life worthwhile. 
That is kind of creepy. It is kind of cool, though. And, of course, he eventually has to stumble over Red Dwarf. <laughs> right. Like, it opens up with the this guy that's, I guess he's a slob, I guess. Something like that. He's just a waste, yeah. waste of space. And they just, you know, evaporate him, and then somebody else is brought back. Yeah, they, they replace, they take, like, like, uh, like another sperm and egg or whatever, and, you know, around the same time of conception and replace him with that person that would actually use that life to its fullest. Yeah. I do love the fact that, you know, the, the Inquisitor puts them on trial, but they're on trial against themselves. Right. You know, it's kind of funny to see the cat talk to himself and then Rimmer and all those guys. You know. And it's funny that the Inquisitor picks the cat and Rimmer to be worthwhile. Well, the cat contributed to the world. He has a beautiful ass. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of unusual. You would think Crichton... You would think Crichton, I mean, he's programmed to live unselfishly, so why would, why he... would you? Pr- why would they pick on Crichton? He's a robot. He doesn't compare with the human. I know. I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, Lister, you could see. I mean, you know, theoretically, all four of them should be removed. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I thought it was interesting, though, because, because the, you know, Inquisitor has to, like, um, take, like, like freeze them in time or something like that, or like remove them from time, but before they de- he destroys them. So and he, he had can, these these time gauntlet thingies. Yeah, and it was kind of they kind of did the you know the time travel thing where, where Crichton shows up behind behind him with a you know a, a laser chainsaw and cuts the gauntlet off. Mm-hmm. He's from the future and he tries to explain things like, oh yeah, and I die and this is what happens when I die because I said this stuff is <laughs> trying to explain it to you. And it's like, I thought you would like the time travel aspect. I love that. I always love that. You know. Now, did they get it right? I think they did, you know. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was kind of fun, though, that, you know, Lister and Crichton are running around and, and uh, Rimmer, Rimmer and Kat don't know who they are and they can't go through the ship because they're not part of the crew because they don't technically exist. Yeah, that makes sense. I was like, oh, that's a great idea, you know. Like, I love how Lister, I, I don't write it down, but I love how Lister knows that Rimmer and he explains all these things about Rimmer and the cat's like, well, he does know you pretty good. <laughs> And then you actually see the Lister and Rimmer that replace them, you know? Right. And I, I love Just, how it looks like they're in similar clothes. Yeah. And I love how Lister goes, oh, so we're like sperms in law. <laughs> sperms in law. Of course, you know, those guys get killed right away. And I thought it was kind of interesting how, uh, you know, they're at the doors and they can't go through the doors. And, and, and Lister tells Crichton to turn around. <laughs> he pulls out the hand he took off of the dead Lister and uses it to open the door. And Crichton's like, you used his hand, didn't you? <laughs> Why would he freak out for that? I don't understand. Well, I don't know either, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you <know>. Oh, sir. <laughs> you know how he is. <laughs> oh, it's really, it, it really, it's really such a fun episode. You know, it's, it's just to see how these guys don't exist and they have to try to figure out how to exist again. You know, I, I, I thought it was a great idea. The, uh, I love the part where, the the uh, they capture the uh, inquisitor, and they hang him over the edge of the uh, the railing with on a rope, mm-hmm. and you know, and and Lister lights the rope on fire, and then you know grabs the rope before he falls, and he goes, "See, you can't kill me now, because if you kill me, I can't save you, and then you would die." And then, of course, the inquisitor goes, "But if I kill you, you can't put me over the edge to try to kill me to save me. Therefore, yeah. I'll live." <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't think of that. It's like. <laughs> Makes my brain hurt thinking about that stuff. I love that. I love that stuff. And, you know, of course, they, they gives them the gauntlet back. It backfires, and they destroy the Inquisitor. 
which I guess everyone's life would go back to the way it was. Yeah. And of course, the last line is like, you know, hey, give me a high five. Give you five. Better than that, I can give you 15. And he pulls out Lister's other hands. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. Like, oh, you had to go there, didn't you? That was a fun episode. I thought it was so ingenious, you know? You know, re- replace people with better counterparts. If you wasted your life, we'll give someone else a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one was Terraform, which was an interesting way to start off. You see it from Crichton's perspective. Something had happened, and he was offline, and he's rebooting back up. Yeah. It had like a Terminator vibe to it, though. Yeah, a little bit. Because when he was booting up and yeah, you're going trying to, his processes. You're trying to figure out what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the idea that he actually cuts his hand off and puts one of his eyeballs on it, and it's like a little spider with an eyeball. Yeah, that was weird. It's kind of weird and funny, and it makes the weird noises to it. It's like, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, that so, scene went on too long, though, when they were typing at each other. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it was still funny, though. It's like, there's a tarantula crawling up my leg. It's like, it was funny, but it was just a little long. Oh, the cat's like, the cat's like, I'm scared. And Lister's like, you're scared. And like, cat's like, you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, the little hand goes up there and starts typing. And it's like, oh, okay. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I mean, but it took us all that time just to get to the point where Rimmer was actually missing. And then it was a psi moon. Yeah. And it uses a person's subconscious. And of course, it uses Rimmer's subconscious. So, of course, it uses it against him. Mm hmm. And uh, like I said before, we get to see a naked Rimmer, and I, that wasn't good. No, not good. There was one scene, I don't know if you caught it, where, where they, they stop, they have Starbuck and they stop at the swamp, and they have to leave the Starbuck there because they're afraid it'll like, sink or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as they're walking away, I don't know if you noticed this, but Crichton had on Red Dwarf swimmies. Those little uh-uh. puffy things no. you have around your arm? No. He did, yeah. I'm watching, I'm like, I never noticed before. I'm like, those are Red Dwarf swimmies he's got on. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So he wouldn't sink? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I thought it was a great idea, though, that if they, they show Rimmer that they care about him, that, you know, the moon, the moon will react to that and help them instead of hurt them. But immediately he thinks, like, this is, you're not doing this out of... Love, you're doing this just to get us out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a scene where the the, the gets Starbucks getting pulled down to like the quicksand or whatever, and they're they're trying to praise him and stuff, and it goes up a little bit, then it goes down more when he realizes that they're they're faking it. Now, what if, what was the deal of like the the musketeers, the the pink and whatever well, the, colored musketeers? Well, those were those were his positive parts: his self confidence, his charm, and all the other things what that had died off. Pink. <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering if they were like gay musketeers. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue why they were pink. Okay. It, it was unusual, but I don't. But I think it's funny, though, at the end there, Starbucks gets clear, and it's like, yeah, you were lying to me. It's like, yep, we were. <laughs> we don't care about you at all. Yeah. Oh, quarantine. That's the next one. I like this one. This was a strange one in itself. You know, of course, another one survivor thing. Now, here's where I was questioning my, questioning why. I love the fact that they go to this ice planet and they find out it's a scientific research center and there's a survivor, a hologram survivor in one of the, the, the pods there. Right. And Dr. she's your Landstrom and she's a doctor. Okay. But the first episode of the series, they're reactivating all these holograms and seeing why they should bring them on board. Why do they need to go get this doctor when they have a, do- they should have a doctor hologram on board the ship? Ah, uh, unless they lost all that stuff. I don't know. 
That's a good point. I mean, because they had other ones. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I'm like, aren't there doctors on the ship? Why can't they just reactivate one of those if they need to? It's like, I didn't understand why they had to go get this one, besides for having a story. I think that's the only reason. I do like the fact that she was she had a, a hollow virus. Is that what yeah. They, they call everything. Hologram stuff is like hollow virus. Yeah. They, they first said she had a, uh, a hollow plague. That's a hollow plague. I see it. I got it written down here. Yeah, some sort of Doctor Landstrom has contracted some sort of hollow plague. Yeah, and of course, and of course, you know, before this happens, we're starting to get into Space Corps directives, and Rimmer keeps saying that Crichton makes up the stuff. So Crichton says, "Has Holly make give him the manual, and he could read it on the way back to Red Dwarf because they don't want him to get uh, contaminated." Yeah, that was the worst thing they ever did. Yeah, it's was, it was a lose lose situation. And before I like the, that, though, you you got that Crichton where he can't say Schmeghead. That was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we come back to me. <laughs> yeah, they they call they do a callback to that. I love that. Yeah, um, I love the idea of these viruses. There's just two types of viruses out there: positive and negative. And positive viruses are you know luck, charm, sexual appeal, stuff like that. Right. So they got a, a luck serum, mm-hmm. good luck serum. Yeah, they grabbed the they grabbed they grabbed a bunch of them, I think, and not just that because you notice I think because Lister kind of. Snuck the sexual one away. Do you notice that? No. Yeah, he stuck one of them in his pocket when they weren't looking. Like this is this and this is. This. He stuck one in his pocket. Like okay, I'll keep this. They one should go back and use that. I wonder if they will. I I don't know. I don't remember if they do or not. But I wonder if that'll show up again. Right. So of course they're going back to the ship and guess what? Rimmer read the Space Corps directives and they have to be put in quarantine <laughs> and they have to be there for three months because Space Corps directives say that. And, of course, they get a, uh, a quarters for only one person, but there's three of them. But Space Corps directives say that there's only one registered crew member. So guess what? Yeah, he's just being an ass at that point. Yeah. <laughs> he's using it against them. Yeah. They're, they're there for five days. And they, they're like, I love the fact it's like, hey, we're the boys from the, we're boys from the dwarf. We can do this. We just don't get mad at each other. And five days later, they're like beating up each other, broken arms. They can't stand a noise any of the other ones make. Mm-hmm. And they can say they can they can demand a rescreening. You find out Lister, that Rimmer was sitting there listening to him the whole time, and then you see him, and then he's got this this red gingham dress on with these like uh, blonde pigtails, and he's that just, was that was freaky for him to be dressed like that. Yeah, and had he had a uh, a puppet, and he called it like Mister Mister Flibble Flibble, the, the little penguin. Does that come puppet. back later, by the way. I don't know. I don't. I don't okay. know if it does, but I love that Mister Flibble. Yeah, he said, Mr. Flibble, uh, you've crossed Mr. Flibble. <laughs> and he was giving them two hours of W-O-O. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Without oxygen. <laughs> and, of course, they had the luck virus. It took them five days to realize they had the luck virus that they could get out. They punched the magic keys and they could escape. I uh, think that would have been the first thing you would have done, right? You would have, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? I mean, I would have thought that. But, of course, they used the luck virus to disable Rimmer and heal him, you know? And I love I love how when Rimmer's like unconscious, you see Mr. Flibble still kind of alive for a moment, then he passes out too. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God. Oh, so at least they get the virus out of him. And then of course he wakes up and guess where he's at? Quarantine. And, and then they're, they're dressed in the dresses. I love that they're wearing the dresses. It's Did like, we talk about like what they were left with in the room when they were in quarantine? I thought that was a funny scene. When he was like, the only thing left is, you know, a chess piece with 31 pieces missing, mm-hmm. a knitting magazine. Yeah. 
crossword books that were all completed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like, but it's it's funny though. He, that's what you get. He used it against you. Yeah. Um, next one was Demons and Angels. This is the one I was talking about yesterday with you. Uh, I love that they had the last strawberry in the universe, which I'm like, okay, you guys have been in space for like four years and you still have a strawberry? I think maybe they were, you know, they had some in reserve and that was the last one. Yeah. I love this thing that it's called a triplicator. This was interesting. That It takes one thing and makes two more of it, so there's three of them. But you know it's derived from the matter paddle, right? Oh, was it? Yeah. They took the matter paddle and, um, you know, they tweaked it. That's what Crichton said at the very beginning. Hmm. So they're, they're kind of taken from a past episode. Weird. Yeah. But it was kind of, I love the idea behind it where it made, you know, two copies, one the best of all, all attributes and the other the worst of. Kind of stomach turning though when, when Lister eats the bad one and you can see the maggots in it. Ooh, yeah, you that know. was gross. Like, oh, but like, ah, nasty. Uh, this is the one you were talking about where the, the Red Dwarf explodes. Yeah, there's something going on. They get in Starbuck and Red Dwarf explodes. And and I love the fact that they're on Starbuck and, and Crichton's like, yeah, there's only like seven minutes of oxygen left. And Rimmers is like, you know, Crichton, we don't need oxygen. Uh, we can, if we jettison them, then we have enough fuel to make it to the planet. <laughs> Right. It's like, um, and Crane's like, uh, sir, you're on backup battery. You only have four minutes left. Okay, let's get together, guys. Let's figure out something. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. Pretty funny. I love the idea of the two red dwarfs that came out of the triplicator. Of course, the lifespan's shortened, though, and they have to go get the triplicator from one of those ships to, you know, make their own red dwarf again, combine the two ships back into one. But they, right, and then we had different versions of the the crew on each one. Yeah, the high the high ship and the low ship they call them. You know, well, that was originally going to be the title. By the way, I was looking at Wikipedia. It was called what? The high ship? No, the original title was supposed to be high and low. Oh, really? Which would have made more sense, I think. I think so too. Yeah, because the high ship is nice and white and clean. They're all wearing robes. They're all like philosophical sandals. Yeah, when I was taking notes, I didn't know what to say about you know each one like oh, how do i d- distinguish that one from that one and then in the episode you see lister says uh i was stuck with the low ones or whatever right yeah i, I put high lister and low lister and i was doing it that way because they mentioned okay. high and low and that's how i did it yeah you know and it's it's just weird seeing these guys it's the high ones you're like well, these guys are lame i wouldn't want to be on this ship with them yeah and then of course then of course they have to go to the low ship dark, dirty, everything's broken. I, I, I love how the high high cat and Crichton are idiots. You know, the high Crichton's walking down the hall and he gets shot. He's like, oh, their gun accidentally went off and shot me. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Complete idiots, yeah. It's like, come on. Uh, what did you think of the appearance of the Lows, the, the low crew? I was turned off by Rimmer. I thought that was hilarious, wearing the garter belt and the the... The pantyhose. Yeah, he's like the transvest- transvestite version. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I, I and I loved um, I really loved Listers. It kind of looked like a, a a cowboy from the old west, like a space pirate. Yeah, and he had that weird laugh. He really didn't say much either, you know. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, the remote control of our Lister. You uh-huh. know, yeah. I, I, it's kind of freaky when you see them put that that chip in his neck. You yeah, know, you'll actually go in and like, ooh, that's kind of. You know, a little bit. Um, but this one was hard to shoot with all the different uh, 
you know, copies. Yeah. Around. It was, but I, I, I kind of liked it though. Uh, I like how they, they forced Lister to try to kill, kill his crew, but the cat pulls the tape off his mouth. And the bad Holly didn't look all that bad. It just looked dirty. Yeah. It was like he was all greasy and stuff. Uh, I love it. He's like, he tells Crichton, come around, get behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you know, they use chloroform to knock him out, get him in the Starbug. Uh-huh. And this this part here kind of reminds I don't know, did you ever see the, the miniseries, The Langoliers? No. Uh, Stephen King miniseries. The, uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. A plane disip- a plane goes through like a weird vortex. They wake up and they're like in Maine, but like everything doesn't work there. The, you can't light a matches. The soda's stale. The food's bad. It's kind of like, like a low thing. And they try to start their plane, but they can't because the fuel, the fuel was bad, you know, and that kind of reminded me of Starbug. They couldn't start Starbug easily because it was like sitting there for too long. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was weird. How did they know that low lister was hiding in Starbuck? Even though that we, you knew our lister was still being controlled remotely. It's like they shoot, they shoot the, the panel and oh, they killed lister, the low lister. That was, that was, just yeah, I didn't know how he did I love at the end, the cat wants the remote control. He just wants one, one week to use it so he can make lister slap himself. <laughs> and then, of course, then you got the last one. The the head scratcher episode of the, of the series here, back to reality. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think about this one because I'm like, is, okay, what was it all a dream? Was the whole show a dream the whole time? That's what you know. That's what I loved about this one. You know, they they go to a ship called the SS Esperanto underwater. Uh, the place where they were doing evolution, they did like five million years of evolution in three solar years, but there was no life forms in the water. They find decayed bodies, gunshot wounds, people committed suicide. Even a, a haddock, a fish committed suicide. You know, it's like, why would a fish kill itself? Close its gills. <laughs> they, re- they find out there's a, there's a venom that induces despair and they try to get back to the ship as soon as possible before it affects them too much. You know. And what, when you were watching this the first time, what were your thoughts when you saw that they were like, oh, we were in this total immersion video game the whole time? Did you think that that was going to be the end of the show? I, I don't think I thought it was the end of the show, but I was like, what the heck? Really? You didn't think that? No, I didn't think that. Okay. I was like, what the heck? Um, I, I love the fact that you know, they, there's this blob on the scope the size of New Mexico, yeah. which, of course, is this is a spare squid. They try to outmaneuver it. Starbucks crashes. All of a sudden, you see on the screen, game over. Score 4%. I, I thought yeah. it was weird. You're like, wait a minute. They're in a total immersion video game called Red Dwarf. They've been playing for four years now. I halfway believed it because I was like, what? I mean, what a weird thing. You know, L- L- Lister, Lister's got straight hair with a ponytail. Rimmer's not a hologram. He's got this weird Doc Brown Einstein type of hair. Cat's mm-hmm. got the mop top with buck teeth and teeth, and Crichton is half human. That part was weird where he had like a metal cap on. What, what did the metal cap have to do with him looking being half human? His hands and feet were human. Oh, I couldn't tell. I could. I was just like, why? But why? Why the metal cap? I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it was that way. Okay. I love that they don't know who they are, and and then one guy walks in, getting the next crew ready. He's like, "You got Kachansky, right? You figured out the the micro the the microfilm and the dot and the the swimming certificate. Considering Rimmer can't swim, but he's got a certificate. <laughs> yeah. You know, you 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 didn't you didn't realize that you were a god, even though uh, you started the the jump started the universe. <laughs> it's like. 
you didn't get any of that? So you and they talk about Rimmer, how Rimmer is supposed to be like a secret agent or something like that. It's like, wait a minute, you've been playing Rimmer as a prat this whole time. <laughs> like, that part was weird. It was kind of meta. It was kind of cool though. Yeah. It's like you missed out on all this cool stuff. Oh, and I love that they learn they find out who they are, you know. Cat's uh, Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> I love the name. Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> With buck teeth, yeah. Buck teeth, awful outfit. He carries a thermos. You know, it's he's the antithesis of of the cat. Mm-hmm. Crichton is a guy named Jake Bullet, who's who's the detective in the cybernautic division. And of course, they say maybe that's traffic control for all you know. <laughs> Later on, you find out that is traffic control. <laughs> and then uh, Billy Doyle is Rimmer, and he he looks like a bum. His coat smells like Oda Yak urine, as they say. Looks looks like a homeless guy, pretty much. And of course, you find out Rist- Lister's his rich brother, Sebastian Doyle. And it's, mother, yeah. yeah, same, same, same mother. It's like, oh, okay. You know, I love the fact, I love that it's like they're living in a fascist state, you know? You see the posters and stuff like that. They, you know, they go to the garage to get to their car and you find out that, you know, some kid's stealing an apple and some guy's trying to shoot this kid. It's like, oh, I don't like this world they're living in already. You find out Lister's a colonel in, for the government, some bigwig. Yeah. And Crichton actually kills the guy before he shoots the kid. Which is unusual because you never see Crichton do anything like that. Oh, he's playing the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know they do. He want they want to kill themselves. You know, he's like he wants to kill himself. You can already tell he's like, I got to kill myself. I, I shouldn't have done that. And I love how they saved money on the special effects. You know, the whole car chasing scene. You see it from what's really going on. They're sitting on these, you know, the seats and they're jumping up and down in Starbucks. It, it's funnier watching it that way. Yeah, you know, Holly's trying to tell him, hey. You're hallucinating. Wake up, and they're not listening. Yeah, but the whole time I was watching them in that alternate reality or whatever the the dream or mm-hmm. the hallucination, I didn't even think about the the toxic squid. You know? Yeah, I know. It's kind of like you forget about the whole thing. But it's it's it it really makes you think. You know? I mean, thank goodness you know Holly broadcasts on higher frequency. He finally got Crichton to put the gun down and and turn on the mood stabilizer. Mm-hmm. She destroyed the squid in there. They live happily ever after. But what, what did you think of that episode? I mean, it was like, could you imagine if that was this the last four years you watched weren't real? Um, I'd be upset. It, it kind of reminded me of, you know, the what is that show called? The one where they end in, in a uh, snow globe? New Heart? No, New Heart didn't end in a snow globe. Oh, uh, St. Elsewhere. Yeah, St. Elsewhere. I was hoping that that, that wasn't the case, you know? I, I, if I was watching it and when this came out, I would have thought that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're about to end the show. <laughs> but it was smart to put it as the last episode of the series. Yeah. To make you think, oh my God. Cause it's all the, over. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, this is the third episode. This can't be real. They put it at the end. It's like, oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, and, you know, that's another thing. I'm loving that as these series progress, we're getting to see these these actors play different characters and different variations of the same character. You know, it's not, not Lister playing Lister all the time. He was playing like a low Lister, a high Lister. He was playing this, you know, this uh, Sebastian Doyle character. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to see them, you know, play something different than just the character that they play in the show regularly. Yeah. All right. So what are your thoughts on this series? Um, I thought it had its hot ups and lows. Um, you know, I still think, like you said, the one before this was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it just had more more comedy beats, I think. Right. 
but I still enjoyed it. I think it was still an enjoyable season. Yeah, I do too. It's it's a little little further down than than last series. Last series was better, but it's still up there. You know, it's not, it, it hasn't jumped the shark or anything yet. It's still. I think it's it. I'm, maybe I'm I'm biased, but I think it has to do with that director they picked that didn't enjoy the sci-fi elements. It it could be they had picked a different director and and she couldn't even finish the whole series. She couldn't mm-hmm. handle it. It's like okay. But it was still very good. The writing is still top notch, and I still enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I'm still uh, I'm still interested in the show. I still want to see the next, the next one and the next one. You know, oh, I, I know it's like I want to go to the next episode now. Let me watch the next one. Totally agree with you on that. Of course, I want to thank you for being here again tonight, Brian. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Brian says. And of course, we will be here next Thursday night. With another episode, we're going to be, of course, Red Dwarf Series 6 next week. And on Sunday, we will not be live for our show, so you can catch us. It'll be pre-recorded, but it'll be up there for you to listen to. It'll be the 1960 version of The Time Machine, so go check that out next Sunday. And we will be back the Sunday after, January 6th, I believe it is, with Akira, just in time for its 25th anniversary release, so make sure you can join us live for that. Uh, as always, check us out over on Tar- uh, Tardis at SciFiWatcher.com. That's where we have links for everything. We've got links for the Crichton costume there. We listen to all the episodes, subscribe, download, and all that stuff over at the website SciFiWatcher.com. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this special episode of the podcast. Until next time, have a good one.